Good morning, everyone. This is Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. Welcome to your Friday. Um, yeah, so, you know, I've had a pretty uh, aggressive stance on this uh, pandemic. <laughs> and it's mainly because I read a lot. I watch a lot of historical programming and, you know, I get it. All of us aren't experiencing the pandemic the same way. Um I'm not sure why this is a political issue, but it has become one in America, which is goofy um, because it's killing everybody. It doesn't care what you vote for, you know, and and we just don't understand enough about it uh, to, you know, effectively prevent it, which is why, uh, you know, with our delayed reaction, we had to shut everything down. And of course, now, you know, Listen, I get it. It's frustrating for some people. It's horrifying for other people. It's scary. You know, it's been like the worst thing ever. I've heard more than one parent uh, talk about crying, trying to teach their kids. They're in tears. The kids in tears. Um, I get it. But here's the way the world works. Sometimes you don't get a vote. You just got to go with what happens. You know, sometimes I think you know, I was trying to explain to somebody who has a senior who's graduating and, you know, I get it. It sucks. But actually, I personally would have liked a, a parade uh, and the individualized attention for the accomplishment myself because that was great. I would have liked that. Sharing it with everybody was nice. It was, you know, we had to go sit in this little tiny church. Um, but because I went to Catholic school, but, you know, I would have liked, you know, more individualized, specialized attention because it was uh, a big deal for me to graduate and pull those grades up and and transform the way I did from freshman year to senior year. Um, there was a lot of growth there, and I was personally proud of that and ready to get out of St. Louis. But, you know, this is a valuable life lesson. Be prepared for detours. Things don't always go the way you plan. That's life. And I get it. You're a kid and it shouldn't be hard. But come on, you go back 100 years in this country. Childhood was a lot different, a lot different. And so, you know, I get it. You're sad or whatever. But I'm telling you, life has been hard traditionally, much harder than it is right now. So, you know, keep some perspective. And know that this is just a moment and there will be many moments to celebrate in your life and many milestones. And it doesn't matter what the external world does for you. It doesn't matter that you don't get to walk across the stage or whatever. What matters is you're proud of yourself and you did the work and you you accomplished something. Now you take that and you build on that so that in four years you can graduate from somewhere else and we can clap at you. I mean, come on, grow up. I'm sorry. I I mean, I'm surrounded by graduates, too. Like, apparently, 2002 was a baby boom year. So I'm surrounded by them. I know a ton of them. And it's like, I feel a little sad for you, but not too much. Because, you know, people are dying and getting really, really sick. Keep keep perspective. And then the parents kind of overcompensate. It's like, look, I, I know you don't want you love your kid and you don't want to be an asshole, but seriously this is this this is like biblical shit like nobody was expecting this this is an act of god okay so you know if you can't explain that to your kid then whatever dude you're uh, this is uh, no one was anticipating 2020 looking like this 
You know what I mean? And so many people have lost their jobs. They lost their stream of income. But listen, the universe provided you a reset button whether you wanted it or not. And as I advise all along, you have to keep working towards something so that you are prepared for hiccups and delays and detours. You know, um, and I'm very fortunate. I can the kind of work I do. I can do it from home. And I'm very grateful for that. I really am. There's no denying because I have been in the position where it wasn't no pandemic and I just lost my gig and it was scary. It's scary when you got bills and people depending on you and you don't know where the money's coming from. And, you know, I always say it's easy to have faith when things are going well. It is. It's easy to talk about how great things are and how much, you know, you love whatever, you know, whatever you believe is responsible for your success. You know, sometimes for some people, that's God. For some people, that's the universe. For some people, it's something else. But whatever you accredit uh, your success to, you're all in when things are going well. And then when things start going left, you don't know what to do, what to say, who to thank, who to curse. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, it's hard, man. It's hard. And you don't know if you have faith until things are hard. And um, I learned that I have a lot of faith because <laughs> I've had a lot of hard times. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a I'm a female who decided she wanted to make movies when nobody was doing that. When I was in film school, people didn't uh, know who to compare me to. Everybody would walk up and be like, you're going to be the next Spike Lee, huh? No, I'm not a man. I'm not going to be Spike Lee and I'm not going to tell stories like Spike Lee and I'm not going to get the opportunities Spike Lee gets, you know. Um, and at that time, there was no female director that you could name. So then other people would go, oh, you're going to be Oprah. Oprah's not a film director. I mean, it, it it's challenging. And when you blaze your own path, you get a lot of weeds and branches to the face and you have to stop because you're chopping down the path as you go. And you get tired. And certainly some people have gotten there before me. um, But nobody, there's still no woman that I would look to and say they have the exact career that I want. And uh, yes, I'm still out here chopping, (laughs) chopping trees down in my path. But it's a formidable path. And a lot of people are following in it. And I am thankful for that, you know, Um, which leads me to my thought. If you want something, you've got to do the work and you're going to work very, very hard. I think I've expressed that every podcast or some version of that message in every podcast. And specifically, if there's something that you want to do, let's I I have had the most experience as an entrepreneur right now in the area of music. Um, I work with a bunch of really interesting, mostly guys, uh, good, good human beings, I have the only millennials in the world that don't want to be uh, in the public eye, Um, don't want to be famous. It's really hard to get them. I don't even know what's going on with uh, Zeus. He just sort of, according to him, he's in the studio all the time, but I never see anything. And I don't push him because he's an artist and I get it. But, you know, that's I'm working with a very unique group of young people and they're young to me. So it's fascinating because in the music industry, you have to be, um, 
diligent and consistent and hyper-focused on the details. Now, one thing we haven't had is like a platinum selling record. Like we, I mean, we just don't move units like that. We're very small. The budget from um, my company is very small for marketing. It's I cannot go out and just blast cash and and get everybody aware of what this group is and what we do. And that's fine. It's taken me a long time to figure out what the brand really is and what the strengths of the the band are. You know, everybody is working. Everybody is in varying degrees of relationships with people. You know, some married, some single, some uh, available 24-7. Some people you can't find for a while. Uh, like I said, some people put their heads down and they constantly tell me they're working. I don't see product. I have to push for it. You know what I mean? So I've had to learn this about myself, uh, how to be a boss, you know, and like I said, I say this all the time, you know, everybody wants to be the boss when it's fun. Everybody wants to be the boss when payday comes, when you do get the hit record. Um, what When it's hard to be the boss is when you have to look at a group of people that you love and care for and be like, look, just hang in there, stay with us be energized by the work and not so much the cash because we don't have any (laughs) that's when you know you're a boss and you have to really hunker down and I have taken on a leadership role uh to try to streamline things you know and the amount of trust that has to be in place in order for everything to be in one person's name is huge but it's my company and I'm the one that's risking the little bit of money that's out there. It's mine and I want it back. And so I guess I'm saying all that to say it doesn't matter, you know, what kind of business you want to start. You're going to have to just get out here and do it. And if nothing, if you haven't learned anything from this pandemic, I think you need to learn that you need to have as much control over something that's yours as possible. And I, I know it's hard. I'm not Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm not telling you to, that you're not an entrepreneur if you're not doing something full time. Uh, I tried to I didn't just try. I was a full time entrepreneur. And eventually I needed a paycheck. I mean, I got people depending on me. There are things I need to get done and not having a regular paycheck just is not what's up. So, yeah, get a hustle, get a business, get something that's yours, that when things go left over here. You've got this thing that's just yours. And even if it's not a cash generating machine, even if it's not an ATM machine, at least it's yours. And then you can build it and then you'll have vision for it and you'll be excited about it because it's yours. And that could be a car detailing business. That could be something you run out of your house, you know, maybe a little handyman service, maybe that you bake cakes, maybe whatever it is, you know what I mean? Um, but it's yours and it's your business and you can grow it when things slow down on one side, you got this, maybe it's real estate. Maybe you guys finally, you know, you and your husband or you and your wife or you and your brother, whoever decide, you know what, we want to own property because guess what? Even though what you're hearing on the news some of it seems like it's real and some of it's like, well, I haven't really seen that yet, you know, but people are always going to need food and they're always going to need some place to stay. You know, I'm a big believer in investing. 
But I also am a big believer in uh, having assets, think tangible things, going up the street and walking by your apartment complex that you own. You know, and St. Louis is great because we have a bunch of little duplexes, a little a bunch of buildings with four units in them, you know, things of that nature. And uh, they're not all owned by big, big groups. Some of them are owned by people. They just, you know, hey, we bought this apartment complex. You know, we bought a series of apartments 20 years ago and uh, we still actively manage them. And rents have, if you're in the right neighborhood, rents have done nothing but go up. But no matter what neighborhood, people are always going to need shelter. So real estate has has helped a lot of people in this country amass a lot of wealth. Um, and just don't talk yourself out of it. You know, I never thought I've designed album covers. I do graphics. I do all the social media and marketing for our group. I never thought that that would even be something that I would want to do. You know what I mean? I've built brands, not only for my uh, group of companies or brand or group of people that I work with, like uh, Just Media Works, Civil Theory, um, uh, Culper Manifest. I've, I've created all of that. But I also created the um, company name and uh, the initial launch for Safe in Harm's Way. Um, that's why we have a song called safe and harm's way. And I've watched, uh, Carolyn Hammond, the owner and founder of that company, uh, figure out what her business is in the last three years. I've watched her figure out what her brand and her business is. And, uh, she jumped into domestic violence and intimate partner violence, uh, advocacy and, uh, has had to learn the hard way how to grow her business and her brand. And, um, you know, that's incredible. It's a fun thing to witness. And I, I don't take credit for what our company has become, but I do take credit for giving her that initial foundation of figuring out, Hey, this is a business. This is how you need to do it. And this is what you should consider doing. You know, now, of course, I'm just giving advice. You you run your own business the way you want to. And you're going to learn the way you want to because a lot of you will make mistakes. We all do. I mean, I, I wasn't born in a family of entrepreneurs. Um, I'm the only one. Well, actually, I have a cousin, but I really don't see him that much. But my cousin, Teddy, has been pretty inspirational. He uh, is an artist and he has his own business, but it's not like he explained the ins and outs of it. <laughs> <laughs> to me. So, you know, you just you just got to get out here and, and follow your path and, you know, take that machete and hack down these trees as you make your own way. And yes, people will benefit from the path you create. Um, and, and in that, that's really rewarding. So, you know, Friday feels like it's time to be free. You know what I mean? Like, even when things go left, they're not going left for everyone. Make sure that you have something that belongs to you. Uh, it's your DJ business. It's your photo picture taking that wedding business. It's your cake baking business. Um, it's it's something that you make money doing. It's obviously making masks right now is a very lucrative business and probably will be for the next six to 12 months. Um <laughs> people need things. And if you can provide those things, 
bully for you that puts you one leg up, you know, but whatever it is, get a vision for it, get excited about it. So when things go left like this, you can still say, gosh, I have my own thing. And even if it's not making money, even if it's not even functioning properly, you can say it's yours. And it'll energize you in ways that you hadn't considered. If you're a rapper, singer, musician, you already are an entrepreneur. You know, you, you got to put this music out here yourself. You know, the days of someone discovering you and giving you, you know, a $30 uh, million dollar contract, that was in the 90s. That doesn't happen anymore. You need to figure out how to um, monetize your talent and your skills. And you don't need to sell a million records to make money in the music business. That's a myth. You know, if you own everything, you you don't need to sell a million. If you could sell $250,000 worth of product, uh, say it at, at, I don't know, a dollar a piece even, that's all profit for you. You know, you don't have the middleman. And these record companies know it. That's why they're shaking in their boots. That's why they're terrified. And this pandemic has stopped a lot of things. And it's going to make people realize, hey, especially like in my uh, area of professed uh, expertise, which is film, they're going to realize, hey, people aren't really going to go to the theater anymore. They've consumed all this product in their house at will. How are we going to get them to go to the theater. Yeah, you're going to have a small fraction of people who will always go to the theater. But here's the thing. I used to go to movie theaters because that was the only place you could go see a movie. But now I can watch a movie whenever I want. I can't remember the last time I went to a theater because I'm not incentivized to go to a theater. People are out here crazy shooting up theaters. And I know it doesn't happen all the time, but now that's in my consciousness and I don't care for it. So it's like, dude, if I can watch it on my computer and most movies, not that I'm bitter, my movies haven't been made yet, but and kudos for everybody putting movies out. But most movies aren't good enough to me to make me want to spend that kind of money and that kind of time in a theater. Because if something else comes up, if I'm watching at home, pause and I can handle that business and maybe get back to the film immediately or two days away. I find, you know, it gives me convenience and uh, no shade. But a lot of movies just aren't that great. And uh, the studios have really put themselves at a disadvantage because they can only make big shit. Like everything's got to be like a cartoon or uh, what is that shit? Those comic books. And it's got to be huge. And, you know, and they can't really afford to make small movies anymore. And they can't afford to market small movies anymore. So, you know, all of this is going to change. And it's time. It needs to change. You know, uh, the film business is really wonky and broken and that system needs to be changed and they need to accept that there are other filmmakers than, you know, white dudes and bros, you know, and I'm not that chick. I'm, you know, me, I'm not the person that always points racism. I don't point it that often, but I do point it out when I see it. And I've been inside a studio and I've worked and had meetings inside studios. And there is not once you're in there, there's not a huge surprise as to why there are not a huge amount of black or ethnic based movies coming out. You know, think about it in in my 30 years of following this industry, besides Jackie Chan movies, when you know, when did you see Asians 
now all of a sudden it's like crazy rich Asians and uh, the other one that won the Oscar that was really good actually uh, that I can't think of Parasite very good film but for the most part Hollywood isn't checking for those filmmakers you know a, a, a foreign language film won best picture that's how you know shit ain't right not that that film shouldn't have won it was excellent but that's how you know there's a dearth coming out of the American studio system of quality cinema because it wasn't even close <laughs> that was probably one of the best films that's been made in years because it was so searingly honest about wealth disparity and it didn't include black and white people because guess what it happens all over the world economics aren't racist you know what I mean like that was just a a democratic story about rich people and poor people and poor people trying to get over on rich people and the the how you lose your soul doing some shit like that you know what I mean so if you haven't seen it's very good it's very well made uh parasite um but yeah, that system is broken. It needs to be fixed. And hopefully, you know, the pandemic will will be the cure because there's so many great storytellers out here. You know, kudos to one of my buddies just got his first main gig for himself uh, through Amazon. I haven't heard the details yet, but that's exciting. You know, I know personally five great writers, myself included, who haven't had a break yet. And we've been at it. It ain't like we just weren't trying, you know, but Hollywood works a certain way. They've been very comfortable with a certain type of person being successful. And now you're going to see that, you know, that wasn't sustainable. We were living lives that weren't sustainable. Industries were were holding on by thread, but they weren't sustainable. And now you're going to see these big studios breaking up probably into smaller uh, bite-sized pieces um and having more specialty arms and wings they're not going away but you know it's it's we're going to probably go back to what it was like 25 years ago where um new line and fine line and like these specialized houses that get funding to make smaller more uh, uh cost effective pieces of work that still can make money you know, because right now you're stuck with if it's not, you know, a fucking Batman spinoff or Spider-Man. How many Spider-People are there going to be? You know, how many Spider-Men have there been? <laughs> it's been a lot. Um, you know, Superman, although that new Superman, his body is life. Henry Cavill, Cavill. I don't know. I don't watch that shit, but I was you know, zooming by one of those and they were on and his shirt was off. And I was like, okay, Superman, (laughs) he's attractive. Um, but yeah, I don't, mm -mm, I don't, that all those, if they're not that, then they're not making any money. So that's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, we got a reset button and you got it, whether you wanted it or not. So I think we're going to see a lot of change in a lot of industries and you can benefit from that. That's the whole point. You can benefit from this change. So if it feels scary, yeah, that's okay. Because when things are unknown, anything can happen. And don't assume that means something bad. Sometimes that means something great is right there on the horizon. And why not you? Why can't you benefit from that? (laughs) Why not? 